And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, it is the first DDT Wrestling Podcast of 2022. Has it been a happy new year so far? It's been complicated, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews, but you knew that, and yet you asked me that question anyways. I didn't know where you wanted to take it. Sometimes you, you bring the energy, and you would have said, oh, it's great, and you would have listed four or five things even sarcastically, that would have made it a great new year. I always, the reason I ask a question in the beginning is I'm trying to take your pulse. I'm trying to get a sense of what kind of podcast are we going to have? Are we going to have a peppy one or is it going to be a, huh? wait, what, why is it completely on, on me? Why is it all on doc's shoulders? Why, why doesn't DC inject some energy into the podcast? Because as you are, as you always say, the host of the show, you have to. I might the be tone. the host, but you are the heart of DDT wrestling, or at least that's what I've been trying to say for the last six years. I don't know that it's actually true, but you know. Well, I appreciate it, even if it's a bald faced lie. <laughs> um, you know, I, I always I view you as the Ray stance of this operation. So wow, that makes he's the heart of the Ghostbusters. That, that makes you the Peter Venkman. Mixed I don't know. I'm probably a mix. Yeah, probably a mix of Venkman and Egon. Vegan. I'll go with that. Sure. Ankman. Even though that's a mix of the last name and the first name. Sure. Let's go with it. What is his last name? Spangler. Egon Spangler. Yeah. Do you think there is anyone in the world with the last name of Spangler? I'd be. like to think so. You were someone who spangled something at some point. Indeed. The stars were spangled. You must be spangled. Oh, my goodness. Um, the star spangled, not spangled. The star spangled banner. The banner is right, he's spangled Egon with stars. Spangler. Yes, one who spangles. But not spangle, spangle. Spang- okay, hold on. Not uh, spangle. A spangle is a small, thin piece of glittering material. A sequin. Oh. So we're singing that the flag is is covered in glittering stars. Do you think back in the day, the stars on the flag were sequins? Like that first lady who stitched up. Yeah. What's her name again? Betsy Ross. I don't think Betsy Ross had sequins, Mm. but if she did, you, I mean, it was a flag. Maybe they got sequins. Seems like a special occasion. I don't think sequins had been invented in the 17. 70s no they have, must have existed go to wikipedia gonna, this, that, that is sequence. that is what is going on right now well holy shit all right <laughs> threads magazine uh-huh from ancient egypt to the present okay oh. sequin originates from the Arab- arabic word sika meaning coin later becoming the Venetian word, Zacchino. And so let's see, not the centuries. In 1922, archaeologists opened the tomb of uh, King Tut, revealing splendid garments embellished with tiny discs made of pure gold. 
So those are believed to be the first technically sequence. So then again, I suppose I don't know what a sequin is either. Wow. I, this was not what I expected us to talk about, but that's why I love this show. And that's why I will say that despite the fact that it hasn't been a great first couple of days, it is going to be a happy new year because once a week we sit down and we start talking and all of a sudden I'm reading about Tutankhamun and, you know, the history of the sequin and Spangles. But what about Spangles? Is that yeah. actually a thing? Let's look that up. Spangler. I don't know. Oh, oh, I don't know if you get it because it's, it's Egon with Spangler an e. with an E. Not That's angler. what I kept saying. Yeah. I was I don't know what Angler with an A. They're definitely it's definitely a name. Oswald Spangler was a German historian and philosopher. Uh best known for his two volume work, The Decline of the West, published in <laughs> 1918 and 1922. Someone should uh redo old Oswald's work. Mm. I wonder what that means to spangle. It's not a verb, a word according to what I see, but it is. There is a brand of advanced bike wheels known as spangle. You can go to Slovakia and purchase them. Hmm. Spangler is an occupational surname for metal workers, having derived from the German word spang meaning a clasp or buckle of the sort such of a craftsman might have designed. I would imagine that etymologically speaking, in terms of the history of words, they come from the same word. We just had a split when Spangle became more sequined and Spangled became more metalworking. All right. But if King Tut was wearing discs of gold. Well, that's it, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for listening to the history of stuff you didn't care about podcast. Uh, Rob, I, I want. I think we should start. Yes, we 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 should pitch. We should go because there was a whole bunch of podcasts on the stuff you should know. You know, brand stuff, um, how stuff works, or yeah. one of those sites. And we need to go, and we have to pitch them stuff that nobody should know. <laughs> stuff that you shouldn't know, and it's, yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of podcasts that are devoted to inane trivia, which. Again, would be our would be our milieu if we got into that area. I so, suppose. All right. Well. Um, in terms of things I need to know, I would like to know. Uh, at the end of last week's episode, you mentioned Markiplier. Now, Markiplier and people of his ilk have always been kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. <clears throat> I oh, enjoy really? walking, watching those stuff, but I don't often talk about it because the idea of watching people play video games, unless it's you is just seems like a level of dorkiness. And I have a fantasy booking podcast and I'm saying I was ashamed to admit <laughs> I listened to Markiplier. Um, have you watched any more of his videos? Have you listened to the Distractable podcast? Where where are you at in terms of your uh, video game personality, YouTube viewing, such? I am deep, deep into the Markiplier. Um, if I was... A body or person, I might say that I am balls deep into that Markiplier. Um, I've been watching all sorts. The thing I didn't really realize about Markiplier, I guess I should have realized it because I sought him out because I wanted to watch somebody playing through the new Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. The thing that I didn't even really realize at that time is just how deep 
into horror games his catalog goes. He has an entire playlist about scary games, and it's like 500 videos deep. And like 100 of those are videos that he calls three scary games, where they're just like these small independent games where he goes through three of them relatively quickly. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, I've watched him play through uh, all the Five Nights at Freddy's games except for the AR game. Um, I'll probably get back to that. And I've been slowly going through his scary games list. I've watched at least half a dozen of the three scary games episodes and a few specific episodes of specific games here and there. In fact, I watched him play very little bit of this horror game called house. Uh, I, I watched just enough of it to say, Oh, I need to get this. And I went over to steam and it was, it was currently on sale for like $3 and 75 cents. And I bought the hell out of that game. I haven't booted it up yet, but I'm going to play the hell out of that game. It's this like pixel art, uh, you know, eight bit style game, this kid in a house. So when that happened, did you stop watching the video so you could actually play through the game and not get spoiled? Well, mostly I, well, I, he had two episodes and I, I stopped after the first episode. Um, and the thing that I also discovered is this game has been being updated for years Mm. since he played it. In fact, so I'm guessing there's a lot more in there now, even than there was then it's still actively being updated. Um, so I don't know, looking forward to that. Looking forward to getting into that for three dollars. I said, "Okay, I am gonna." Well worth it. I'm a, well, oh yeah, well worth it. So we'll see. I don't know. So yeah, Markiplier, I enjoy a lot. Uh, I did listen to maybe two episodes of Distractable. Um, I don't have a good feel for Bob and Wade yet. Mm-hmm. Um, who has the British accent? None of them. Oh, actually, you know what? I started listening to another podcast this week. I'm thinking of that show. Um, you're right. Right. But Bob and Wade, I still don't have a good idea of who's who sure. there. So uh, who, last week you said you wanted to be one of them. You hoped you weren't the other. Yeah. Uh, wh- which was which? What were so, you saying? So from what I gather, and I've listened to, I've watched enough of it and listened to enough of it. I have a pretty good sense. I would encourage you. You get a good sense of it if you watch them play Uno, which I know is probably not what you're looking to do. Like, not also, at all. They do play Seven Days to Die. They do, do have. They? A, yep. Oh, they play. A I game. watched them play. I don't even know what the name of the game was, but it was just so much inane of them yelling at each other back and forth. It was one of the games on the scary games list. I honestly turned it off after about ten minutes of the video. It was just a little bit too much. They play a uh, game inanity. called the Forest. Which is interesting. I, I'm aware of that game. Yeah. Um, so Bob is so Mark and Wade are high school friends. And then I okay. believe Mark met Bob in college, I wanna say. Again, somewhat similar to GQ and I are high school friends. You and Tall Guy were high school friends. And then we met in college. Um Bob is an actual 
like he went to law school. He is technically a lawyer who now plays video games for a living. Um, Wade is, I believe, plays the character of the idiot. So I, w- I'm hoping I'm Bob, yeah. but I'm pretty sure I'm Wade. I see. So I see. Okay. Well, do you listen to Distractable on the regular? I'm usually a, a couple of weeks behind. I just started today their New Year's resolution episode. So I'm about two weeks. I'm a week or so behind. I don't know if I listened to that one. I listened to one. I don't know if it was the, a recent one or if I went back further, but it was one about the perfect meal, the perfect recipe, something okay. like that. Um, that might be going back a little bit, but that yeah. one I enjoyed. There's a very um, good one. I don't remember which episode it is, but Bob tells the story about a refrigerator and it takes a good 20 to 30 minutes to tell the entire story, right. which is always right. good. Um, but yeah, no, I, in, I enjoy that as well. I, I find there are certain things, like I said, I enjoyed watching them play Uno. I enjoyed watching them play. They played a game called Raft, which was fun. I like that. Um, they do tend to yell at each other a lot, which I think can be an acquired taste. Once you know who they are a bit, it's better. But until then, it's just noise. Um, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that, uh, you're enjoying it and I'm glad that, you know, now I can talk about it because they did play. I think that was actually why I got into it was I had watched you play seven days to die and I was like, Oh, I wonder who else plays seven days to die. And then that may have been how I stumbled upon. Mm. They did a thing. I don't think I mentioned it where early, early on, like when they're still not famous yet, they would just get drunk and play Minecraft, which I always enjoyed. Um, so, you know, again, in a different, in a different world, that is what we, and we, we would have tried our hand at being YouTube game players. You, I think would have succeeded. I would have, I would have not. Well, I think we were just like, uh, 10 years too late to that party. I think we're too early. I suppose we were born 10 years too early for that to have been a viable career path for us if we could have streamed the hours upon hours that we played world of warcraft yeah that might have done something so yeah so how was your new year's last we talked are you familiar with that game house that i talked about you looked like you had a a a look of recognition on your face i have seen the video posted i don't watch any of his scary games because i don't like scary games um seven days to die is a scary game I suppose it is, but I I got into w- watching that game because I was listening to you talk about it, and mm. I enjoy that aspect because there's a survival aspect to it. The Forest is also a horror game. Yes, um, and it's also a survival game. Which I think I enjoy the survival aspects and less the horror aspects. Okay. But, um, but that yeah, makes I, sense to so somebody who likes Minecraft as well. I mean, sure. And you're pro- are you a creative mode or survival mode Minecraft player? I had to guess creative mode, but maybe not. No, I don't like creative mode because it's too easy. I agree. Um, I play survival mode. So I did when I played, I would play survival mode. I would set it on easy. So it was, you know, not that difficult to, to do. Sure. Um, And then what I started to do was I started to, in my own head, create this legend of, um, you know, I, I could fly it. So I would enter creative mode at night. 
<laughs> okay. There was like a certain amount of time where I was allowed to be in creative mode. And, you know, Start I Start making your own rules. Or I would, or I would, you know, I would have a chest before the game officially started. I would build a chest that was full of TNT. And then. You just. Once an only child, always an only child. <laughs> I just, something about that just screams only child figuring yep. out how to play with themselves. Yep. Um, that's, why, that's why I go back to Skyrim. I'm playing Skyrim right now as William Regal, interestingly enough, because he just got released today. He did? He did, along with Road Dog. Basically, everybody who was Triple H's NXT crew is gone. I don't know I if thought, some... I th- so what, what about the story that was going... Everybody's been pounding out these last few weeks that Triple H's NXT is alive and well, and all those people are still there, and blah, blah, blah. What happened to that story? I believe that story is that, although I think, if what I'm reading on Twitter is correct, uh, they are kind of um, letting Shawn Michaels take over NXT. So they're getting rid of all the other people. So Regal's gone. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And Regal hadn't been on TV in a while. I, you know, no, for, all, sense. for all I know, he was done. For all I know, he was like, you know what? I'm tired. I've been doing this a while. I'd like to, you know, move back to the UK. His son's in NXT UK. Maybe he's, you know, I don't think, I don't think this is the end of the world. People, I have gotten a couple of messages from people because they know that William Regal is my favorite wrestler. But then I also have him in Skyrim. He's running around trying to win. Uh, win the war for the empire, and then he's going to try to become Thane of every, uh, you know, because he's going to he's he's basically power hungry and looking for, you know, looking to become commissioner anywhere he goes. So okay, but yeah, All right. that Maybe. that is how an only child works. Is I have to create the story for myself. So be it Minecraft or Skyrim, that's what I shall do. Uh what did you do for New Year's? I remember there was food and food and drink in your future. When last we spoke about, was it steak and shrimp? Was it? Yeah, I think it was steak and coconut shrimp. There you go. And I had some wine. Did you make it till midnight? Not really. I went to bed probably at like 1030. I got woken up at midnight because asshole neighbors who live in the cul-de-sac set off fireworks. Mm. And then I went back to sleep. So sort of, but not really. How nice of them. Since How nice. Do you, do you put out pamphlets that let them know that you have a dog that really doesn't appreciate it and knock it the no, hell I don't off? give a shit. The thing that I don't understand is like you live in a nice, quiet, rural, residential neighborhood and it's fucking midnight. Why do you think now is the time to set off fireworks? Like, why is this the time or the place for that? Would there be a better time? I mean, 9 p.m.? would be more reasonable anyways. I understand it's not celebrating the new year, but I mean, at least people aren't asleep. That is true. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and I guess on the 4th of July, you can set them off earlier. Some people are big into the new year. I, it's never been a thing for me, but every day is just a day. Get over it. People. We're, it's a very uh, antiquated rule that the new year has to start in John January 1st. Celebrate Lunar New Year. Celebrate Jewish New Year. You got lots of options. 
Uh, let's see. Speaking of lots of options, there's lots of options in the world of wrestling. Tell me, Doc Manson, what wrestling did you uh, put your eyeballs on over the last seven days? None. You knew that, though. Come on. I just wanted to ask. It's the same reason why I ask you a question. I've just taken the pulse. Just maybe you were like, hey, I watched this. I heard this great thing. I want All to right, let me it. take the reins here for a second. How was uh, day one? How was the day one pay-per-view, uh, sir, since I'm sure you watched it? Well, it, it came about in an interesting way because about an hour before the show, they announced that Roman Reigns had COVID. Yeah. Which put a big uh, monkey wrench in the idea of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. And so they decided with an hour before the show to throw Brock Lesnar into the Raw main event. So it was a fatal five-way match between Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, champion Big E, Seth frickin' Rollins, and Brock Lesnar. And that match was an enjoyable car wreck. It was not a match. It was a spot fest. Okay. But it had enough talented guys that you were like, I'm willing to deal with the the. So, what was spotty about it? the only person in there that strikes me as a spot monkey is Seth Rollins? And actually, he was Bobby Lashley speared Brock Lesnar through the barricade, which is a spot we've seen before, but it's still okay. All right, impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, Big E gave you know there were suplexes galore. Kevin Owens hit a frog splash off the ropes or off the apron onto. It may have been Brock Lesnar, like. So Brock, uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins acted kind of like a team because they were the only two essentially heels of the match. Um, you know, it was just there were a lot of Hoss fight action. You got Big E and Brock Lesnar going blow for blow. You got Lashley and Big E or Lashley and Lesnar going blow for blow. A lot of meaty guys slapping meat as I mean, in all fairness, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good matchup. Uh, uh, I personally could do without. Rollins, I think, in there, but the rest of that sounds like sure, you know, like you said, a hoss fight, yeah, really. So Speaking I can see which, that working. Season three, episode one comes out next week. Um, hoss fight, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, and it was short, it was you know, less than 10 minutes, and it was an enjoyable match from beginning to end. Look, hold, hold on, hold on a second, back it up for just 10 seconds, sure, hoss fight. If I, if I, what is Haas fight? If, I, I know, I know what Haas fight is, sure. but if you're just going to say Haas fight, I if somebody happens I'll, to be listening to this show, what is Haas fight? Where can you find over it? On the, over, thank you. Over on the Joy of Booking podcast feed, which is the home for my dorkiness. Uh, I've been doing the Corona Cup. Season one was a singles tournament. Season two, which just ended recently, was a tag team tournament. Uh, now this is season three. And it is called Hoss Fight. 256 actual, you know, wrestlers that I have deemed a hoss. So larger wrestlers uh, doing battle in a tournament. Most of the season has already been recorded. I'm now going back because I recorded it back last summer. So I'm listening to the episodes and providing some uh, commentary on some of the decisions I made or the fact that I just am a terrible podcaster because I'm. I have my notebook in front of me or something. So I'm talking like this a lot. And I'm like, well, why do I sound, why do I sound so quiet? Oh, it's because I'm not speaking into the goddamn microphone. So, um, 
Vader is a Haas. Vader would be an example. One hundred percent. Here's a question: Is is Andre the Giant a Haas? Yes. Is Hulk Hogan a Haas? Yes. He's an is episode Ultimate one. Warrior a Haas? Yes. All right. All right. Just just checking here. Just checking. Yeah. Yokozuna. Although I also make the argument that Taz is a Haas, and technically, according to you know, he's less than six feet tall and less than three hundred pounds. But I say he meets. I I have what I call the eye test. He was yeah. booked. He was booked as a hoss. Yeah, like I could see Taz making, you know, passing the hoss sniff test. Yeah, you know that's not a pleasant test because I don't think a hoss smells no. particularly fresh. No. But I could see him passing the sniff test. Rob Van Dam not gonna pass no. the sniff test. He's no. just gonna reek of marijuana. That's. Yes. That's all that smell now, you're going to you, get off of You him. mentioned some big names, but I'd like to point out that Heidenreich is a hoss. And Gene, Gene Snitsky is a hoss. So they will also show up in hoss fight. Is so, Tugboat on in the hoss oh, fight? Of course, both members of the natural disasters. I think I, you know, I've got Kamala. Both nasty boys are in there. They technically oh. would be considered hosses. Mick Foley's a hoss. Oh, that's a hoss I haven't. I don't wouldn't normally think of. It it he fully as a hoss size he, he's wise. He's one of those people that wise. I see like technically yes, but when, in terms of the sniff test, that's almost it. no. No, that is it. Yeah. Um, I did s- struggle with John Cena. Ooh, okay. Is he a yeah. hoss size wise? He's kind of there. He's built. You know, you put face paint on him, he looks like the ultimate warrior, so maybe he should be. But then again, because like at the end of the day, there's not a big difference between John Cena and Randy Orton. No, Randy Orton is not a hoss. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I I encourage you. Joy of booking. Wherever you you get your podcasts. To the joy of booking um, and check it out. You can listen to to all of the tournament if you were interested in. Let's see. Hold on. About 120 episodes. We'll get you caught up (laughs) with where we are in the tournaments. Um, Going back to day one, the main event was very good. I did not watch Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. Uh, I was going to ask you, were you shocked when Becky Lynch retained her title against Liv Morgan? No. No. Um, The match. Didn't, didn't, Didn't we learn our lesson? When Liv Morgan got her championship um, chance on Raw or whatever a few weeks back, everybody was upset about it when she lost. I feel like I saw the exact same sentiments on Twitter after this show where people were like, I can't believe it. She really deserved it. And I'm just like, again, I'm not watching the product. Maybe she does deserve it. Maybe she's been built as this massive force. But in my head, Liv Morgan... This doesn't strike me as championship material. Um, has faced off my historical perspective, but had she, like right now, Mandy Rose is the NXT Women's Champion. Ouch! If you wanted to tell me that Liv Morgan was going to go back to NXT and win that title, yeah, okay, awesome. But- the problem that you have at least right now is you have Charlotte and Sasha and Becky, and eventually Bailey will be back. And you have Alexa Bliss, they're huge stars. Yeah. It's going to take a lot to get there. Now, you could make the argument had they given Liv Morgan the win 
even if she held the belt until the Rumble and then lost it in a rematch to Becky Lynch, it would have made her a bigger star just to get it. But What do you think about the women's division in general? This is a good jumping off point, sure. I think, for this conversation. Because um, from what I'm hearing, you know, with the shakeup in NXT, seems like more power giving back to the John Laurinaitis's of the world backstage and like-minded individuals. Uh, and, you know, there's certainly been reports of uh, WWE recruiting for the women's division, putting a stronger emphasis on model types again versus actual wrestlers. Um, supposedly moving forward, that's that's what the report said. So, I mean, are, are we looking at the, not? I won't even say the beginning of the end of the women's revolution. Are, are we looking at uh, the waning days of the WWE's women's division? Are they going to quietly start pushing that off into the sunset? What do you think? I will say no, because what I have seen is that WWE has made a conscious shift with both genders to put a heavy focus on college athletes. They are looking to sign college athletes. Um, And yes, they signed a pair of blonde twins who are college athletes, but Bianca Belair was a college athlete and she has turned into a very quality pro wrestler. Charlotte Flair was a college athlete who came to WWE and NXT, like didn't wrestle in the Indies, and they turned her, arguably, into the greatest women's wrestler of all time. I don't think there's a problem if they want to do that. Now, the problem they have right now, there are 13 women on Raw, as far as I can tell, according to Wikipedia, and eight women on SmackDown. Is that enough to have a to have two women's divisions? I don't know. I am, you know, I've always sort of felt like they, they should have a single women's division and a single tag division. Yes. And like one show should have whatever titles they have. Plus the women, the other show should have whatever they have. Plus a tag division or make it a universal title. Have Charlotte flair be the universal women's champion and she can show up on Mondays or she can show up on Fridays. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really it. And, and more so than universal title. What's brand split? Like, does that mean anything at this point? I mean, you just had Brock Lesnar win the WWE championship yeah, as a last is, minute addition to that is, match. And the story behind it is his advocate, Paul Heyman, um, had negotiated for his return that he is a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. I mean, if I recall... In the draft, he came out of that as a free agent, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not like it's news, I no. guess. But, but no, you know, I would like to restructure the whole thing with universal champions. And you could have one female champion and one women's tag team champion. And that's enough. Like, I don't even know who the Raw tag team women's tag team champions are. It is Carmella and Queen Zelina Vega. That is a tag team now. I mean, I could see some interesting storylines if it like had a nice, you know, uh, cowardly heel champion and they maybe they're running their mouth and they go, they show up on SmackDown and they don't, you know, and then they actually get spooked by a guy who's coming for them. And you could have a program 
where you know they're only they will only show up on SmackDown via satellite, and yep. you're frustrating the babyface because they won't show up in person, but the babyface isn't free to go to the other show like the champion is. Like that could be an interesting storyline, you know. I mean, there's a there's a lot of great ways they could do this if they really wanted to, and you could do it with the men. You know, we have two mid card champions. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, the cruiserweight division is now dead. Uh, at New Year's Evil just last night, um, they unified the North American and the cruiserweight title. So now NXT only has one mid card belt. What's it called? The North American cruiserweight title. Uh, as of right now. Carmelo Hayes won. I know you don't know who that is, but Carmelo Hayes won. For a minute, I thought you were going to say Carmella, and I was like, well, that's a turn. Nope, Carmelo. Um, And he had both belts. I don't know if he'll be a double champion for a while or if they'll just quietly let the cruiserweight division go and just have the North American champion. And that, to me, has always been weird, is that we have a U.S. champion on Raw, but the North American champion is on NXT. So the continent is mm. in the minor leagues. Um, you know, I don't think the women's division is dead. I think uh, they have certainly adjusted their priorities. If I am to believe what I read online, most women's matches on Raw and SmackDown are less than five minutes long. I will say, though, you know, looking at the day one card, it looks like Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan had... 17 minute long slobber knocker it was was one of the longest matches on the card it was supposedly very good um Liv morgan looked great from what i've seen and does she still do the blue tongue thing i don't think so okay that was more of a riot squad thing um what i would recommend you watch if i had to pick any of this for you to watch yeah uh would, I mean, yeah, I won't, but you know, go ahead. That's I would cool. recommend you actually go on to YouTube and watch the pre-show. And you don't have to watch the entire pre-show match. Uh, Cesaro and Ricochet take on Sheamus and a guy you don't know named Ridge Holland. Um, Do you think they named him that because Spider-Man's popular? Ridge Holland? Yeah, isn't that Spider-Man's name? Tom Holland or Tim Holland or something? I was like, no, Spider-Man's name is Peter Parker. I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, Spider-Man's name is Miles Morales. <laughs> you can't fool me. Um, no, I don't know why they called him that, but. Ridge. It's a great I'm sure at name. some point, I'm sure at some point they'll drop the Holland and he'll just be known as Ridge. Uh, but this Ridge Holland. I mean, I'm going to start calling you Canyon. Can I call you Butte? If you want. <laughs> we're rebranding the show welcome to the canyon and butte podcast yeah where we talk about the history of sequins uh at one point ridge holland is on the mat and cesaro and ricochet are going to do a double team move cesaro has his hands out ricochet steps on his hands and they flip him over to do like a flip move um ricochet lands with his knee and absolutely destroys Ridge Holland's face. I actually, yeah, I saw a gif of that on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Nose broken. I, like, I saw a picture afterwards of Ridge Holland, like nose clearly bent out of place. Like both eyes looked bruised. It was brutal. Um, otherwise, you know, the Usos and New Day had a great match, as you know that they would. 
Uh, Madcap Moss, again, a wrestler you don't know. Um, looked good losing to Drew McIntyre. It was a fine show. Beth Phoenix came back. That was exciting. That was all I wanted out of the I Edge just and clicked match. through to see uh, who Madcap Moss is. Yes. And, you know, I'm sitting a good three feet away from my monitor. And if I blur my eyes just a little bit, that is Rusev. <laughs> I mean, I got to cross my eyes a little bit to get that blur on there. But my goodness. Yeah. But if you if you get your eyes so that you you're not like really identifying facial features. Yeah, like it's just in my peripheral vision. From the body structure and the facial hair. Absolutely. Yeah. That would have been a much better story than him being Madcap Moss is if like in the nineties when they did the fake diesel and the fake razor Ramon, they yeah. just called this guy Rusev and he showed up. That'd been amazing. Uh so yeah, I uh you know, I enjoyed the show. I didn't watch all of it, but the parts I watched were good. Apparently, there was a great fatal four-way to determine the next contender for Brock Lesnar's title. Um, they went all over the place. I think Owens did a moonsault or some sort of crazy move off of the, you know, out in the crowd off of some door entrance way. Uh, we're going to get Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. You want to talk about a host fight? Uh, they're going to... Re- do battle at the Royal Rumble. Finally. So. All right. What know. about um this New Year's Evil? What was the name of the show? New Year's Evil. NXT that, New Year's Evil. That is Evil. the name of a, of a movie. That is a horror movie, I believe, um, about, well, New Year's Evil. Yeah, 1980. That's a, uh, that's, that's, that is probably... One of the only, and therefore I will say, one of the best New Year's themed horror movies. I believe we discussed that movie when I did a holiday horror movie tournament. Oh, okay. Because again, probably the only one of that that ilk. There is Um, another one, but yeah, that's fine. uh, I didn't watch uh, Bron Breaker, the son of Rick Steiner, who looks more like Scott Steiner, uh, won the NXT title, defeating Tommaso Ciampa who I'm guessing is is done or will be done soon, perhaps joining Shawn Michaels and being part of the new NXT management system. Um, Mandy Rose defended her title. Carmelo Hayes unified. Walter showed up. So I'm assuming it was enjoyable. Again, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not watching NXT. I would rather watch old wrestling or something else. Um, do you think you will watch the Royal Rumble? At this point, I think it's unlikely. Um, but you know, just putting it out into the ether, if GQ gets in touch and says he wants to watch the Rumble, I guess I'm not against it. Or, or I mean, I guess Rachel or Eric or yourself even to, to throw it out there. I think I would watch it if somebody else wanted to watch it, but. Otherwise, I don't see myself downloading the Peacock app and actually settling in for an evening of wrestling at this point. I will say an interesting thing has happened. Uh, Day one was on a Saturday. Yeah, it sounds like all pay-per-views are moving to Saturdays, yeah? I'm excited about that. That actually makes life better for me. Um, there's more of a chance I will watch. Uh, you'll get Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. That sounds horrible. 
And so far, <clears throat> so far, there are only six wrestlers announced for the men's Royal Rumble match. We have the Street Profits, uh, the Mysterio father and son, Austin Theory, <clears throat> and Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, you're not selling me on this, Canyon. You're really not selling me on this. <laughs> but Butte, you get to watch your favorite. You, did you watch Jackass when you were a kid? No, that was never my, never my, never my wheelhouse. You know, people injuring themselves. You'd think I would be into it, but uh, I don't know. Always a little too much of the gross out humor for me. You didn't want to watch pranks with people getting slapped by a giant hand or running in and tasing your father in the middle of the night. I, I just remember. <clears throat> I, I want to say it was like Jackass. Maybe it was the movie, and they were like stapling their scrotum to their leg, and I was just like this. Is not my idea of a good time. Not literally stapling scrotums to my leg. Like, of course, that is not my definition of a good time. But watching another human being staple their scrotum to their leg is not my definition of a good time. You can't argue with that. Oh my goodness. Okay. Apparently, there's a bunch of releases we are we are uh, recording during. There's releases happening live. Topical uh, let's, releases? Let's see. Since since we have um, started recording, let's see. Uh, one of the guys from Diamond Mine has been released. I don't know what that is. Danny Birch has been released. Danny uh, Birch. Larkin and Birch. And, yeah. Timoth- and Timothy Thatcher has been released. All right. Well, so. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope they all land on their feet. Oh, you, you know, these again, these are the, the people who are not going to be part of NXT 2.0. That's this is not these are older. You know, these are guys from, again, that Triple H era thing seemed to be uh, seemed to be a change in a change in. But I am excited for the Rumble, as I always will be. It's always fun to count down and imagine maybe Kenny Omega will show up. Maybe, you know. Asuka will make her return and dominate and win Has it she all. been gone? Yeah, I think so. I don't think she's been on TV in a while. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, there's, a, there's your wrestling talk there, you filthy animals. Uh, let's see. Where is she? She's not even on a roster. Free agents. She is currently a free agent, so she's not on Raw or SmackDown. So, I don't know what is up with her. I don't know if she's battling an injury, if she just wanted time off to go back to Japan. No idea about Interesting. Your, your baby girl there, Asuka. Hmm. Well, we, we've got a flock of emails to get through. I thought we had eight, but we only have seven because I can't read. Uh, I got one in from uh, Mrs. Manson while we were blabbering on so maybe we do have eight now oh we do maybe i don't see mrs manson's at the moment maybe it went to our spam folder our spam folder works overtime we always yeah. have and then you have two that i don't have so I, well good thing we have this going to multiple addresses i don't know yeah. what's going on nope, there it is anymore. it is in the it is in the uh in the spam folder there mrs manson's apparently uh lots of emails with yahoo are being moved to spam so yep now we have eight. Uh, let's begin podcast at DDTWrestling.com is where you can find our email. Uh, Jeremy 
four out of five DCs recommend. On January 4th, 2022, a D. Canyon Matthews at the D. Canyon Matthews fired off a tweet in which he lists his top five WWE male wrestlers for 2021. I've included said tweet below. Feel free to read it to the class. And I quote, I didn't watch a ton of current WWE, but based on what I saw, both of the action itself and online, I'd say my top five for the men would be Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, Biggie Langston, Seth freaking Rollins, and King Woods. In hindsight, four of those five are easy picks. Doc Manson, I'd like you to look at DC's list of five and using what you know about your friend and co-host, deduce which of the four are his easy picks. Wistfully thinking of lists, Jeremy. If I had to guess, I'm just going to say King Woods is the one that he had to battle with a little bit to get him on there. You would be correct. And the only reason why I say that is because Woods, in terms of wrestling, to me at least, has never seemed like a very big deal. Um, But obviously, in 2021, winning the King of the Ring tournament and actually having something to do as a singles wrestler and, and doubling with the fact that it is, in fact, the King of the Ring tournament, and I know how much DC loves tournaments, um, is why I say King Woods. Yeah. The other four were, you know, Reigns and Lashley were champions for much of, if not all, of 2021. Big E obviously cashes in and becomes the champion. <clears throat> Seth Roll- I actually did debate between Seth Rollins um, and Edge, but Rollins wrestled more than Edge did. Rollins uh, would have been my other possibility, um, but... Again, I know you yeah. are generally quite a fan of Rollins, and he's yeah. been strong for a long time. So I wanted to put King Woods in, um, but if I, you know, King Woods was a little bit harder. You could have put him in the top ten, not the top five, because he didn't win. Like he didn't win the Intercontinental Title or anything. He had great matches all year. Um, you know, he did win the King of the Ring tournament. He's, you know, you want to go off. Out of WWE, he's now on G4 and becoming a celebrity more through that, even though Up, Up, Down, Down's kind of disappeared since he's not making as much money on it. Um, But yeah, that would be it. So thank you, Jeremy, for the email and for keeping track of my uh, tweets. Our next one comes from Brent, host of a work in progress podcast, AWI pod. There is no subject. My fellow besties. I've heard Doc mention on the show that he can no longer drink beer and he enjoys a good hard seltzer now and then. I wanted to know what are some of his personal favorites that he's tried so far and if DC has any good suggestions, I'd enjoy hearing those as well. Thank you again and have a good weekend. Well, seltzer of choice. Um, at this point, back in the day, Truly was trash and White Claw was better in terms of the big brands. Um, They have since sort of reconfigured the taste profile of Truly and Truly I actually think is better than White Claw now. So Truly is where it's at. And of the Trulies, they have um, a hard lemonade pack they put out during the summers. And I enjoy that variety pack more than the regular 
seltzers. I like the mixtures of the fruits with the lemonade. I think that's awesome. Mrs. Manson is a big fan. Same tire time period, you know, during the summer, they have a fruit punch pack that truly puts out and she really likes the fruit punches. Um, I think I still prefer the lemonades, but the fruit punches are also quite good. Um, but yeah, I would definitely put White Claw slotted well below Truly at this point. Mm. Truly really turned it around. Over the holiday, I had a White Claw for the first time. It was a strawberry one. I was not fond of it. It was too sweet for me. However, my wife uh, took a sip and then walked away with the can. So... Clearly, she is a fan. Do they have? I know you can put hard alcohol into hot cocoa, looking at the man drinking hot cocoa, but do you think they have and just hard hot cocoa that they just automatically serve, or do you just have to always add something? I think I always say, I don't know. It would seem like they should, but um, what's that? What's that raspberry liqueur? Um, you know, comes in the round bottle. Yeah, I've lost the name now. I want to say Sambuca what, or something like that, but that's no, not that's right. No, that's licorice. Yeah. Um, Chambord. Chambord. There it is. Yes. That's, that would be, I think, the, the addition of choice to hot cocoa for me. I am, I am sure I've told this story. Uh, tall guy, the first time I ever had that at Tall Guy's house, his mom made us hot cocoa and put some raspberry Chambord in. I think we were 18 or 19 at that point. That would also um, be where I first had that drink yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I was definitely Mrs. Mrs. Uh, or Mama Tall Guy, always trying to uh, get her son's college friends drunk. Nice and liquored up. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't had any other hard seltzers, but as I am drinking just regular, you know, homemade soda stream seltzer i should look into it because i would think i would enjoy yeah i think you'll find all of them to be too sweet if you think white claws too sweet but i don't know they don't i've really... been told i need to try other flavors i'm not a huge strawberry yeah liquid fan anyways so i should try other flavors i uh, tried when stewart's yes. hard root beer and okay. it was trash i've had one or two hard root beers and haven't found one i've liked i I didn't even finish the can. Like I, I dumped I the have, four pack down the sink. I have heard there is a hard orange soda, which I would be interested in trying. Because even though that would probably also be too sweet, I enjoy orange soda. I do. I do. I do. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Glenn sends us an email. A right royal rumble. Sent from my fingers. Hi, guys. Two questions for discussion about the royal rumble. Firstly, who was your all-time favorite surprise entrant in a Royal Rumble? And secondly, out of any wrestler still able to compete from the past, who would you like to see as a surprise entrant? Thanks, as always, Glenn. My favorite surprise entrant of all time has got to be AJ Styles. Sure. Because I really thought that was never going to happen. Yep. It was just this overwhelmingly awesome moment it's turned into an awesome career for AJ in the WWE. He, I think he really deserved it after really languishing in TNA throughout both the, the, the beginning, the rise, and even the dark years. And I think the thing that I love most about his surprise entrance to the Royal Rumble is the fact the camera hard cuts away. You don't see who it is, and you just stare at Roman Reigns' 
of like dumbfounded so face so for like 30 seconds. Bad. That's what I love most about his surprise entrance. Uh, he's the obvious answer. Cause like you said, no one saw it coming. Um, you know, John Cena makes his return from injury. Chris Jericho makes his return. Those you kind of can expect. I will go with, uh, to have a different answer. 2002. I remember watching this Royal rumble and Mr. Perfect shows up. Now he's wrestled in WCW. He doesn't have a great run there with the West Texas rednecks and all that. Um, but he makes his return in the 2002 Royal rumble looking absolutely to borrow AJ styles, uh, verbiage phenomenal and if i remember correctly has a pretty decent little run where he's around for like a couple of months just wrestling into wwfe slash e in 2002 so i will go with mr perfect my Um, my other one that i think is very high on my list would be from 1998 and i don't know technically if this was surprise or not but i think it was uh it would be the three faces of foley each entering On yes. their own. Yes, I think that, that is an all-time favorite as well. Yes, I, I very, think very that was a surprise. Um, out of any wrestler still able to compete, he's on the top. You know, I don't think William Regal's ever going to wrestle again. Would I love it if he showed up even for a quick, you know, two or three minutes and then gets eliminated? Of course. Um, you know, right now, this is probably not exactly what Glenn is going for because it sounds like when he says still able to compete, He's thinking older wrestlers. But right now, the thing that I would love to see more than anything else in the world would have to be Kenny Omega. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, uh, AEW has made this big deal about, you know, opening the forbidden door and getting people from all these different companies. How cool would it be for them to lend Kenny Omega to WWE for a night or a month, or whatever, and for, not as a permanent signee, but yeah. to come back to AEW afterwards. Like that would just be like a whole new paradigm in this entire landscape of professional wrestling. How great would it be? It would be awesome. Just, you have, you know, I know you're no fan of Seth Frickin' Rollins, but all of a sudden Seth Frickin' Rollins shows up and he's wrestling, you know, Hangman Page, and he, you know, he's not going to win, but I get it. Like it's a pipe dream. I know why. Those two companies would never really want that to happen. But if I could ask for one wish, it would probably be something like that, because I think it would mean a lot for where professional wrestling is right now. See, I think the issue is if Kenny Omega shows up, he is getting signed. Yeah, he has left AEW to go to the WWE, and that would be a huge deal. And would if this is a competition, would surely kick it up another notch. But, um, that is true. Also, I, I will go with the wrestler who always uh, can compete. I don't care how old he is. I want Haku in my Royal Rumble. <laughs> I, you Just know, tossing um, out everybody right around the time where he was getting back into shape initially. And there was this um, push for it. I really would have loved to have seen Jake Roberts as a surprise mm-hmm. entrant in the Rumble. Um, it obviously never happened and probably for good reason. And certainly right now, I don't think he can go enough to even no. do a rumble. But at that point, when he was fresh off of the reformation from his initial run in DD, DDP's um, yeah. program, whatever, 
I think that could have been a really cool um, cap to his little redemption story there, yeah. his real life redemption story. So that would have been cool. I think, you know, one of the things that Glenn is mentioning, and we may have talked about it on a previous episode, they have run out of returns. The Dudleys have already returned. The Hardys have returned. Kevin Nash has returned. Scott Hall showing up at the Royal Rumble, not going to set the world I mean, on fire. I, you have to admit, like, even back when Shane McMahon returned, we called that, like, the last great surprise return. And at that point, we were like, the only other person, I, I said this, I think, not you, who could maybe at one time have tickled that for me would have been CM Punk. But yep. even at that point, I think I said, but honestly, CM Punk has done enough to tarnish his legacy that I don't think I'd be that excited about his return. And honestly, with CM Punk having returned at, at AEW um, All Out this year, don't get me wrong, that was an awesome moment. And I, and I, I bought in, I watched it, and I've been watching with interest the things that he's been doing. But um, yeah, like... I don't think that was as big of a moment as Shane's return. Not for me personally, anyways. And yeah, who else is left? Who else is left? No. You know, if uh, Wade Barrett, who's doing the NXT announcing, if he showed up. So here's the thing. A, a lot of the wrestler, a lot of the big time wrestlers are still going. Like Sheamus is still wrestling and he won the 2012 Royal Rumble. I mean, so I'll just say it because GQ's not here. But uh, the rock uh, guys, the rock. But I, honestly, that does nothing for me at this point. Yeah. But if you just think of like the big stars over the last 20 years, Chris Jericho is still wrestling. Edging, well, Christian showed up in last year's Royal Rumble. That was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Neither of us, I think, are huge Christian fans. So we were like, OK, cool. But like Randy Orton still wrestling. You would need to get, you know, if magically Stone Cold Steve Austin could wrestle and showed up at the Rumble. Sure. sure. That right. would be great. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, it's like I, even yeah, if like the Undertaker came back, I'd be like, that's it. What Kane's going to show up? You know, the, yeah. you want to watch the big show? Watch AEW. You want to watch Jericho? Watch AEW. You want to watch Cody or Dustin Rhodes? Watch AEW. Like wrestlers have longer careers than they did before. So it's, you know. It's harder to have a big surprise return. What are we going to pop for? La Resistance? <laughs> are they going to? Oh, Rob Conway. Yeah. Just look at me. Yeah, that Rob I'd Conway. I'd pop for that song. I would too. Oh, so hard. I mean, you want to have, have Heidenreich? That's what back. I was about I'll... to say. We'd be the only people in the world, but I would pop for a Heidenreich or Gene Snitsky return. Absolutely. If they came one, two, yeah, that'd be started so the Royal good. Rumble. Oh, so good. And if they just got in the ring and started trading the microphone back and forth, reading oh, yeah. poem poetry to each other. Yeah. Oh, that would be beautiful. I like your poetry. I like what you do to babies. Yeah. Oh, wrestling was the good. Best ones. backstage moment of all time. Uh, Rachel, cell phone update. Let me know if you want me to read this. One. Hello Let's again. Say. Per the reminder of Mrs. Manson, I decided to email and send an update on the cell phone situation. I'm glad it sparked a lovely conversation between you two. Rob and I went to the store and there was a two hour wait. We left the store. I arranged them to call me instead of waiting on the phone. The additional $60 charge is because my mom, who likes to just click on things, accidentally unenrolled us from paperless billing. The customer care rep confirmed that I had re-enrolled us, 
which I did and gave my mom explicit instructions to not touch anything ever related to Zomobile. She refunded my mom $30 this month and $30 next month. It was much appreciated. My mom also decided to pay off her cell phone with her retirement buyout money. So that saves $33. And then I'm getting a new phone. And by doing a trade-in, my monthly bill will be $12, which wow. saves us about 40 So overall, it ended up working out. I almost feel bad for blaming Verizon when my mom was really just click-happy. Smiley face without a nose. I am now going to write up lesson plans in the event that I end up with COVID at all since schools are a quote shit show end quote. My para my paraprofessional was diagnosed on Thursday and was able to return to work today with the new CDC guidelines. So it's only a matter of time until next time, Rochelle. Let me ask you a question. What are your COVID contingency plans when it comes to being in the classroom? Me personally? Or the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what have you done? Okay. What are, what, are, what are the schools? What are the schools? What are, you, what are you supposed to be doing? Um, I am sure they would like us to have some plans put in place uh, in case we get COVID and can't go to work. Um, I haven't. Because emergency sub plans are great for a day. You know, here's a book with an activity. You know, here are some other things. Here's a math game. But beyond one day, trying to come up with sub plans for longer than a day uh, is either too daunting or you don't know where you're going to be at. Like if I make plans now and don't get COVID till March. I mean, can't you just make a plan that says, I don't know, wheel in the TV and turn on Remember the Titans? I mean, or something like yeah. something like that. The, the general understanding is that there's three of us that are on the same grade level team. We will cover for each other. So if one of us gets COVID, we will put in a, a kind of a skeleton plan and it will be filled in by the other two people. This is what I'm doing in math today. I'll make extra copies for you. That's all right. That's sort of the plan. Um, they did change the guidelines, which means that, uh, you know, quarantine is five days instead of 10. We are no longer doing contact tracing in schools. So if one of my kids gets it, they don't call any of the other people who sit next to them and say, oh, by the way, you're a close contact. That's just not happening. Did you know that um, pediatric hospitalizations are up 65% in the United States over the course yeah. of the last three weeks? Yeah. Uh I know of, I, I have four children out all week due to some COVID-related thing. I know of multiple teachers or staff members who are out. So yeah, I've just accepted that I will get it at some point. I have an N95 mask. I don't like it. It's too small. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I need, to, I need to add extra elastic to make it bigger so it fits over my giant head. But uh but yeah, it's it's fun times in in the educational world right now, Doc. See fun, Chicago, fun times. I did see that. Yeah, I mean the basic situation is what the teachers are just resisting returning to work. So have they officially shut down the public schools? Or Chicago did. Yeah. yeah okay. Chicago did. the The teachers' union voted last night. Um, we're not going to go because it's not safe. And so at eleven p.m. They had to notify all the parents. Oh, by the way, we won't have school tomorrow, so figure out what to do with your kids. 
That sounds great. So I can, you know, it's a sucky situation for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's not a great time to be in a school. Um, as you know, the state of Massachusetts as of this evening has no ICU beds available in the entire state. Yeah. Great. Great, great, great. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the superintendents, the powers that be, the governor keeps talking about how the schools need to stay open. The kids need to be in school. And I'm like, they don't, they don't right now. Like, yeah, it's a, it's ridiculous. Anyways, fun times, fun times. Uh, let's get some more fun. Danielle, save us with a new year email. Hello, as I am on my lunch break for the second day back to substitute teaching, I wanted to send in an email to wish everyone a glorious, glorious new year. I'll be sending in a DDT voicemail that was meant for episode 300. <laughs> Still celebrating the milestone too. Today's question is about winter foods. It's because I've had lunch and I'm still hungry. What are your all's favorite soups, sandwiches, and meals for the winter time? Or any sweet treats? Wanted to Wanting to venture out into Mew recipes, and I'm looking forward to seeing the recommendations in the bestie chat. I'm hoping to be a little active in the chat this week, too. Any interesting plants for January? Cheers, Danielle. Sixth graders are odd. Seventh graders think they are better than sixth graders. Eighth graders have terrible attitudes, but can be the wittiest grade in middle school. Get Outlook for iOS. Switching to emailing from this email instead of Gmail so that I can condense two Gmail accounts to one. Next week, I might talk about the winter break dates I went on and that were fun, cheerful, and worth spending time together on Christmas Day. Obviously, there's going to be questions on that, too, for next week. Okay. Bye for now. Well, interesting. Uh, the most interesting uh, plants I have for January are probably the golden <laughs> pothos that I have downstairs. Beautiful plant. Beautiful. Can't kill it. It's just very hard. Yeah. We have an aloe plant. It's doing quite Ooh, well. Aloe. That I like. Ever break it open and smear yourself with the interior of its leaves? Yes. Yeah. Right. It's nice. We actually had, up until recently, we had one of them in the freezer, kind of on standby as a, you know, cool. sunburn or other thing, cream. Um, but, 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 soups and sandwiches and meals for the wintertime. Uh, we break out the crock pot quite a bit. Um, a hamburger soup with tomatoes and carrots and a uh, little achine de pepe pasta, slow cooked chicken meatballs and a tomato sauce. That looks lovely over. I mean, this know, is know. not anything special, but winter time is the time, I think, to shine for a grilled cheese sandwich and a, a cup of tomato soup. Sure. 100%. Um, yeah. Chicken pot pie. Always mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. Always nice. Whether you buy one from the freezer section or you make one yourself. Uh, yeah. Lots of great things. I don't know what it is about the winter, but for some reason, New Year's is the time that I tend to start thinking about coconut shrimp. Um, and again, I, I had it at New Year's. I had some tonight for dinner. Um, yeah, for some reason, I, I consider that like a wintry mm -hmm. type food. I don't know why. We, we placed a, a grocery order and um, got... I think not usually you sometimes get something you didn't order this time. I think there was a glitch 
in the system. Uh, my wife was looking at bacon wrap scallops, um, had to put one in the cart, then decided they were too much money, took it out of the cart, and we got them anyways. All right. Didn't pay for them. We checked the receipt, didn't pay for them. Um, but so she's been excited for bacon wrap scallops, uh, which is never a bad thing. So yeah, you know, uh, I made brownies, uh, got a Giardelli box of brownies, added a few drops of orange extract. So they are chocolate orange brownies. You did say you guys were good. on a chocolate orange kick for a bit. So yeah, we are. We are. So yeah. So very, very good. Um, and yeah, middle schoolers are the devil. That's just the end of that. <laughs> uh, my good friend Ethan sends in this next email to DC and Doc. Yeah, I didn't get his email, so you got to read it. Oh, well, this is going to be uh, a little self-filating, but here we go. Hey there, gents. It's your buddy, the one and only fish man. It's been way too long since I've emailed y'all, so I'm glad to be making my fishy presence known once again. I'll try to make this short and sweet. No questions, just needed to share this with y'all. I wanted to drop in and give a big thank you in public, if you will, to my friend DC. The past few days and weeks have been the toughest for me mental health-wise. When I needed to tag out, DC was a true partner and made that tag to me. He didn't alligator arm me, he made that hot tag. He's been an encouraging light in my darkness. Whether talking about wrestling or him trying to verbally slap some sense into me, he's been a true friend. DC, I salute you and appreciate you so much. And Doc, I didn't forget about you. Keep making me laugh on the pod. I could be having the worst day and you can crack me up just like that. You're a one-of-a-kind character. That goes for both of you. Here's to DDT Wrestling going another 300 episodes and beyond. Just keep swimming. Your pal, Ethan. Well. All right. Reel it in a little. Come on. Hey. That's You're making fishy, a bass of yourself. Fishy, fishy ah. joke there. Uh, we ah. love you, Ethan. Uh, I'm happy to uh, have been able to be there for you in a time when you needed it. Uh, and yeah, just little things, little steps. Every little step forward is a victory. One, one foot at a time. All right. Uh, Forrest, a.k.a. Bosk, I never know which one to call you, and you seem to be okay with me calling you both, sends a hello. I also don't have this email. Hello, DC and Doc. Happy New Year. I hope one of the besties wins Powerball. Here's, here is to 2020 Part 2, The Redemption. Hope all is well with you and yours. Best Bosk sent from my iPhone. I did not get a Powerball ticket, and I didn't find one either. This is, it's sad to know I have a zero in 292 million chance as opposed to a one in 292 million point something million chance. Is there a Powerball thing going on now? It's up to $610 million, and the drawing is tonight. Oh. Some coworkers and I debated, you know, throwing in $10 each and buying a bunch of tickets, and if we win, we would stage our own walkout. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, just, right. it's nice to dream. It's nice to dream. Just Sometimes I lay in bed and just think what I would do with just millions and millions of dollars, Scrooge McDuck style. Our final email comes from dear Mrs. Manson. She came earlier to deliver a hot cocoa and was gone almost as quickly. Celebrity death pool. Oh, God, this is creepy. Dear Canyon and Doc, you might find this crazy and call me a terribly morbid, awful human being. But years ago, one of Doc's cousins got me involved in an annual game called a celebrity death pool. 
At the start of every year, you select a list of 10 celebrities that you think are most likely to expire and get points in the game when someone from your list kicks the bucket. I'm working on putting together my list, Team Dirt Nap, for 2022 and was looking for any hot tips you might have. Who should be on my list this year? In 2021, out of 26 teams, I came in 12th place with 161 points. Let's see if I can do better this year. Besties, feel free to chime in. Thanks for all your help with my love and adoration, Mrs. M. I don't want to predict a people who are going to die. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, this just, just strikes me as a terribly morbid and awful human being style thing to do. I don't play myself. Yeah. I don't, I, I love you, Mrs. Manson. I, I don't want to even put it out there. And if I say a name and then that person does pass away, I will of course feel responsible. Yes. So that said, uh, Ric Flair. Wow. I mean, you're not wrong. Okay, I'll do that one. I'll say Vince McMahon. Mm. Mm. He's been on TV with Austin Theory. He looks like he is melting quickly. Really? Yeah. Mm. All right. All right. Yeah, besties, if you got any uh, ideas, throw it out in the bestie chat. All right. So there we go. Thank you to Jeremy, Brent, Glenn, Rachel, Danielle, Ethan, Bosk, and Mrs. Manson. Doc, once again, your favorite time and mine. What is your piece of positivity? What is getting you through these cold days of January? Yeah. Um, right now, it's honestly probably Markiplier and going through and watching all of those different videos, all those different scary games. Um, but you know what? I also did sit down and watch myself, uh, the fourth installment in the matrix movie franchise, the matrix resurrections, uh, on the HBO, the home box office, max, the home box office, maximum application service. And, um, yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. It wasn't great. I was a fan. Yeah, it wasn't great. Like, I, I totally understand a lot of the criticisms, um, but I thought it was actually pretty clever, pretty meta. I liked the whole, you know, rebooting sort of storyline, and they weren't afraid to really, um, you know, put like Warner Brothers in the crosshairs at certain times for diff different lines and things. Um Overall, I enjoyed it. I like those characters. I like Keanu Reeves. I like uh, uh, Carrie uh, Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. Yep, Carrie Ann Moss. So, you know, and uh, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, I thought was really fun in that movie. I think the one thing about the movie that I think I, I lament the most uh, was that Hugo Weaving did not return. I, I thought the recasting of his character was was not was not great. It's not that I have so, anything wrong with the actor they brought in. I don't know his name. Um, Jonathan Groff. I think he did a fine job, but Hugo Weaving is just so iconic in that role yeah. as Agent Smith. 
I feel I understand that they did offer him the job and Hugo Weaving declined, which is why they oh. recast that character. Okay. There was another character in the movie that was also recast, but that one actually makes sense based off of the lore uh, sure. uh, of the movies. Um, and I thought that was a fun recasting. I thought that worked very well. Yep. Um, My issue with Agent Smith, I don't get it. Like, he's not spoilers. He's not the the big, big bad no. that, you, that he is in the other movies. And so I don't know why he's there. I didn't get his, I didn't get the point. Um, you know, it ends kind of with a question mark for him. So, you know, it, I would, do you think there's going to be a fifth? Is this the start of a new? Um, I doubt it. I think it could have been. And certainly they ended it open to where I think they were maybe hopeful, but I don't think it's done enough business at the box office to warrant another yeah. installment in the franchise. So probably sure. not. It's probably going to just be it. My favorite part is there's, there's, they're setting up a big fight scene and all of these, I think they call them elites. Like, and then the Merovingian pops up the French guy from yeah. like the second and third movie, but he's, he looks like a hobo. Yeah. And so it took me a minute to re- I jumped off the couch. When I saw who that was, I was like, hey, I don't think they're so elites. Was, I think they're called exiles. Oh, but yeah. Yes. Thank you. Not elites. I got AEW on the brain. Um, that was a nice moment. That was a nice bit of, hey, that guy, we know that guy. But, uh, you know, it wasn't bad. I liked some of the it updating. I, I liked how instead of using agents morphing into anybody in the new Matrix, the swarm, the swarm, cool. you know, activating these bots. I thought that was an interesting concept. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of interesting updates. And again, the whole meta aspect of it, because in this movie, I don't think it's giving away too much to say that, you know, Neo has been implanted into a new matrix. Yes. And uh, in this new reality, he's a video game designer who, in his past, created a very successful trilogy of video games, which comprises the story of the original Matrix movies, essentially. I thought that was a very clever way of dealing with that. And I- yeah. And then having all of the discussion, you know, when they dis- when they realize they're going to make this fourth game. Yeah. They're having a discussion. What is this game? What was that? Like, clearly that's... I thought it know- was beautiful how everybody involved in the old games didn't want to make the new game. And they were talking about how the company was forcing that they were going to do it with or without them. And like, I feel like a lot of those conversations were probably pretty on the nose. And I think it takes, again, this was not an inexpensive movie. This was a $200 million movie to make. So like the fact that Warner brothers let them have those self deprecating moments, I was impressed by a lot of that. I thought that was interesting. Um, And I appreciated it. The one thing I thought was really strange, though, was um, so in this movie, now in this universe, um, you know, in the old movies, there were AI programs basically in the Matrix, right? That they weren't people. They were just programs. And they lived in the Matrix and they just lived in the virtual world, you know? Sure. In this movie, just like how the humans can jack out of the Matrix, 
um, the AIs can manifest in the physical world by basically transferring into these magnetic bead um, clouds that form yeah. into their body, right? And I thought that was very clever, but at the same time, I also don't know why it's necessary. Like, why on earth couldn't they just transfer their consciousness into a normal humanoid robot? Or why couldn't they just transfer their consciousness into a sentinel, those big squid robots that have been around sure. since the early movies. Like why did they have cooler. to make these very impressive magnet clouds to manifest these AIs? Like it, to me, it, may, it, it doesn't make like the, the technology while cool doesn't seem like it's necessary for the AIs to do what they're doing. I'll tell you why it was necessary because at the heart of this movie, and actually I think what should have been more of the movie, ultimately this movie sort of in, the, in its last act sort of becomes a heist movie. And I think more of the movie should have been this heist movie thing. And of course, really the only reason why these magnet cloud AIs exist is because it's integral to the plan for the heist. Yeah. And so it worked out like it was a clever use of that tech, but it just seems so... To me, it just seems so unnecessary and clearly only there to be a cool scene in the heist that I was like, this is just kind of stupid, kind of silly. That was the one thing that kind of got me. But. It was an it was an enjoyable two hours. Yeah, no, I know. Really no complaints. Anybody that's seriously complaining about the movie, and there's plenty of them online. I just yeah. feel like you got to reassess what you were expecting from this. I think they yeah. did it as cleverly, I think, as they really could have. Um, excellent. Glad you enjoyed it. Glad you watched it. Uh, for my piece of positivity, it's 2022. We are on the doorsteps of becoming 40. Speak for yourself. I am older by like three days. It's um, not like you're turning 40 this year. No, but I, I think over the break, I started to realize that, you know, Maybe I maybe I just think the world's going to end, and you can't take it with you. So I I pitched an idea that I we have talked about my wife and I before, um, but this year we went and we actually did it. Uh, we hired a cleaning service, and yesterday for the first time, um, while we were gone, uh, a cleaning service came, and uh, our house is our apartment is is lovely. Uh, I'm not a very clean person, as Doc Manson will tell you, having lived with me for many years. Um, There's only but, one person you know, I know of who is less cleanly than you. Does he work with puppets? No, but you're married to her. Wow. I only say that because I do remember back in the day when you had that Jeep that was full of stuff in the back. But your wife at the time had a car that was comparably packed. Yeah. I don't know that that's the case anymore. I, I sincerely doubt it. Um, but at the time. No, it is. Oh, is it really? Um, we like to have stuff in the car. Yeah, you fair know, enough. You, you don't know what you, when you're going to need stuff. Uh, but either way, uh, they came in. It's lovely. Things are looking great. Yeah, um, that's nice. Well worth the couple hundred dollars to do an initial clean. They're going to come every other week. Did they scream uh, and say, never again? Slam the door uh, on their way out. We weren't here for it, and I assume not because nobody's canceled on us. No, fair but, enough. Fair enough. What? Yeah. What? Oh, no, nah, I guess I'll ask you that off the air. Never mind. 
Um, but very nice. Very nice to just have something you don't have to worry about. Well, I'm glad you took the plunge and I'm glad it worked out. I hope it um, is a fruitful relationship. So, you know, my, my advice to you if, you, if you've got the money, if you happen to be in a very nice situation and you have a little bit of extra cash, treat yourself to stuff like that sometimes. So because you're on the doorstep of turning 40, you decided to spend money because it could better your current there are things, situation. There are okay. things that will make okay. our life better yeah. that we weren't going to pay for in our 30s that I think now we should just pay for. Okay. That's fair. That's that's so. a very um, it's a very grown up sort of way of balancing the scales yeah. and and looking at. Okay, all right. Well, I'm glad that worked out for you. Yeah, uh, I'm glad this podcast worked out. Episode three hundred and two. We started off with spangles and sequins, and uh, we wound up talking about you know the matrix and sp- and spending a little extra cash when you got it. We go all over the place here on the DDT experience doc manson anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night if you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air send us an email podcast at ddtwrestling.com you can listen to our entire back catalog some 300 episodes uh at any podcast repository of your choice just search for ddt wrestling and finally if you like what you've heard and really let's be honest with one another how could you Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling and lend just a little bit of financial support to DC and doc. It really does help us keep the lights on and it keeps this podcast train a chuga lugga luggin. He is doc Manson, uh, AKA the butte at doc Manson. <laughs> I am DC Canyon Matthews. That's what my Twitter name will say for the rest of the week <laughs> until we meet again, my friends. Won't you be just the bestest of our besties?